0: Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, April 27th, the Mysterious Gifts Edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles.
1: I'm Zach Rosen. I am host of The Best Advice Show, it's another podcast. And I am dad to Noah, who's five and a half, and Ami, who's two and a half. We live in Detroit, Michigan
2: i'm elizabeth Newcamp. i write the homeschool and family travel blog dutch dutch goose i'm the mom of three littles henry who's 11 oliver who's eight and teddy who's six we live in colorado springs
0: colorado today on the show we've got the case of the mysterious gifts our letter writer received gifts hand delivered from a stranger for her young girls the presents seem to be from a mother-in-law who is largely out of the picture We're also going to touch base on our week in parenting. And if you stick around for Slate Plus, we're going to figure out how good of a parent ChatGPT would be. Are we going to be like rendered obsolete by this? (laughs) Parents. (laughs) I mean.
1: But the thing is, ChatGPT can't be empathetic. It can just tell us to be empathetic. So we haven't lost our jobs quite yet.
0: Not only will you get to hear that fun segment, but as a Slate Plus member, you'll get a whole bonus segment every week. Plus, you get to listen to all your favorite Slate podcasts ad-free. It's truly the best way to listen and the best way to support the show. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this short break. And we're back. Let's start with you, Zach. What have you been up to this week?
1: Uh, just yelling at my son. Oh, no. That's what I'm going to talk about well it was really, it was it was one time this this past week and i feel like since i've become a parent my patience has definitely gotten better like i have become aware of a short fuse that i didn't even realize i had before i became a dad and have tempered it um and like consciously work on it but last week ami just kept asking for more butter on his toast to the point where it was like bro You've asked me, like, four times, and I keep putting butter on your toast. There's plenty of butter. Ami, there's enough butter. And he just, like, kept asking for more, and then when I finally said, like, no more butter after, like, the fourth spread, he just lost it. He was just so inconsolable. And it was the morning, and I just was not at my best, and I just, like, stared right back at him. I'm like, Ami! no more butter, enough. And that just made it so much worse. I was monstrous in that moment. And little Noah Angel, she's like Ami's bodyguard. uh, She said, dad, you don't have to be so stern with him, Um, which was so sweet that she was protecting him. And I was just so embarrassed and um, not at my best. And then on the way to school, I apologized, and I'm like, "Ami, I'm so- I'm really sorry for that." And he said, "Daddy yelled at me two times." He's been doing this <laughs> like he holds up like all five fingers, but he's because he he he's not he's not great at counting yet. But he's like, "Daddy yelled at me two times." I'm like, "Yeah, Ami, I'm so sorry. I really apologize." I I was you know frustrated that you kept asking for more butter. I felt that you had enough butter. And I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, so I did apologize. But absolutely no need for me to become a monster uh, when my son asks for, for more butter.
0: Um, in Ami's defense, was there butter on every crevice of the bread? Because I personally cannot stand getting a bite of dry toast without butter. I need butter all over my bread.
1: I feel you. I agree. I, I, I believe in an even distribution of butter. I had done that. And I think the issue is it melts and he thinks it say, disappears.
2: Yeah, they can't he see it. See That's it happened anymore. to us.
1: Yeah. And they like, want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> the butter I mean, is it, it, gone. It has seeped into the, the the foundation of the toast, but he doesn't quite get that yet. So, yes, it was covered all too well.
2: I feel, one, being called up by your daughter is what really hurts.
1: <laughs> I, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Um, I was proud of her for that.
2: Do you have a plan, though, for tomorrow when he wants more butter?
1: Do I have a plan? I guess not. I mean, I know that I'm not going to f- scream I, I, uh, if he does keep asking. But beyond that, I don't know. What do you, what would you do?
2: What if you, like, put some on his plate and let him... So you butter it, and then you put a little, and you say, like, oh, well, you can do it. You This is the butter you get, and you may distribute that however. Because he won't do a good job, but you've already buttered the toast, so...
1: He'll probably just take that butter and eat it like a pill, which I'm fine with too. It's good for your brain, right? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'll try that. Just give him a little side of extra butter. That's a great
0: idea. All right, Elizabeth, what about you? Okay. I fail.
2: I have a fail, (laughs) like an epic back to new camp fail. Uh, We hosted this weekend, the run wild, my child scavenger hunt. And we picked this beautiful park that has like 417 acres, four miles of trails, Um, to hide this uh, treasure chest in for other families to come find. Uh, We woke up that morning, and there was snow everywhere. Snow, Mm. snow, snow. But we were committed. The, like, clue was going out um, from them. So I um, went to the park and hid the box. Went great. I couldn't believe, like, 20 families showed up. They're hunting for this box. They find the box. We're all hanging out. And I can kind of see that my children, who didn't hunt for the box, are playing Across this little lake, and I—they're all their ski clothes are all bright colors, so we can find them. I like see them playing great. I chat. All of a sudden, Henry comes over and says, "Hey, have you seen Oliver and Teddy?" And I was like, "Oh, they're over playing." He's like, "No, I found the snow tube over there, but I can't find them." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right. It's fine. We just saw them." Uh, uh-huh. I chat for like another ten minutes. I meet this woman actually who knows me from the show and had all these wonderful things to say. And in the middle of chatting with her, my son comes back over now with a mom because my two kids and one other child is missing. Uh, Like, hey, we we really do not know where they are. We have like walked back up to the box. We've walked around the lake. They are not here. (laughs) Like, okay, I'm sure they're fine. We come to this park all the time we do decide, though, at this point that we better, the people that are there, like, split up and look for them. So now this event I'm hosting has turned into let's hunt for the new camp children. So we head out on the trails. Jeff heads out. Um, One of the dads that, that our kids know stays, like, where we were all meeting, thinking maybe they'll come back. You know, if Henry had been with them, I would have been sure that they would eventually find their way back. But Jeff finally calls probably, like, 25 minutes later saying he has found them. They had set up a small camp, like built a lean-to, were collecting snowballs for water. Oliver had a staff and was uh, defending the property. They did hear us, but in their world of make-believe, decided that we were against them. We were coming to raid their camp, and they hid in their lean-to as we all passed by calling for them. So you passed them. Oh, yes. Yes, all of us. Wow. They were actually not that far from the parking lot, but they had built, no joke, this, like, lean-to that you could Because of all the snow, we really couldn't see. And because all the kids had been um, hiking, like, running around looking for the treasure, we couldn't really follow the footprints. Although it was footprints that finally Jeff found three sets of kids' footprints together, kind of headed off sort of the path, and so followed those, and that's how we found the lean-to, where they, <laughs> they all were, Um The kicker is, I have lost my children at this park before. This is not the first time this has happened where I've become separated. There's no cell phone service at this park.
1: That is pretty scary.
2: We had a little talk about, I I mean, in their defense, they were like, we were not far from the parking lot. (laughs) We could hear you. It was like, yes, our rule, though, is when you can hear us. Now, I did not. We have like a little code that if I blow the safety whistle twice, everyone has Mm. to come. Mm. I did not have a safety whistle with me because I did not anticipate us hiking. I just thought we were going to hang out at this like kind of open area by the lake. Um, Safety
1: whistle is a very good idea.
0: That is a good idea.
2: I've been anti-tracker for a long time, but I'm thinking now. (laughs) I thought we were at the point where common sense was there, but maybe not. Um, Jamila, how was your week? (laughs)
0: This week was one a little uneventful, so I have one. I have a fail. I don't, I guess it's a fail. It feels like a fail from a few weeks ago that I've been holding on to. Um, This was right before Easter, maybe the day, maybe on the day of Easter. And Naima was disappointed because, you know, usually she's with her father on Sundays, but we'd gone to that new edition concert, so she'd spent the night with me. And so, typically, she's been with her dad on Sunday mornings for years at this point. And so, apparently, even though none of us are Christian, at his house, they usually do some sort of Easter egg hunt and have baskets, right? And I, who did actually get to do Easter egg stuff as a kid, for whatever reason, I just never picked that up. I was like, we don't do this. We don't do Easter baskets. We just, you know, we do all the other holidays. It's fine. But I just never mm-hmm. get anything for her for Easter. And so... She woke up asking about it, and I realized that she was really disappointed. And so I was gonna like try to do Easter stuff, but everything was closed because it was Easter. So we, you know, that's fine. But she also asked me like, "Is Santa real? Is the Easter Bunny real? Is the Tooth Fairy real?" Like she just comes out with like, "Boom, boom, boom." And I'm like, "Well," and she's like, "Cause you know, I saw a gift that Santa gave me in your closet before Christmas." And at that point, I knew I was caught and I knew she kind of had an idea where I like I knew she knew where I hid her gifts, but I kind of hoped that she like didn't look, you know, and I did my best to kind of like try to hide the Santa gifts better than the ones that were coming from me. And I was just like, no, they're not, you know, and like. I mean, usually, like what I've been telling her for these last couple of years, because Naeem is 10. So I knew this, we were rounding out, you know, this was going to be the end of the Santa era, the end of the tooth fairy soon.
1: Uh huh, uh huh.
0: You know, um, so what I told her before was like, as long as you believe it's real, you know, do you believe? And this time I just was, you know, she caught me off guard and I was just honest. And it was so disappointing for her. She was like, all the holidays are ruined now. Like, it's not going to be the same anymore what did you say i was just like i mean i'm sorry (laughs) but that new edition concert was great (laughs) wasn't new edition great so i've been feeling bad about this and i told her i was like you have to keep this from your brother you know like she has a younger brother and so how old is he he is eight right so he's coming up right behind her but you know like I don't know. I just feel bad. Like, I took something away from her. I mean, again, like, she's 10. I didn't, you know, like, I don't know how much more yeah. of this she was really going right, to have. Right,
1: right. I think it was inevitable. And she has since come back to life, I would imagine. Like, she's, was it?
0: Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. She's not still
2: mad at you. No. She can be part of the fun of some of this stuff now, though. And, right, and like you can she's share an adult that, now. You know what I mean? Like, she can find something for her brother and put it under the tree with you know those sort of things yeah part of the magic Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's a real rite of passage getting that bubble burst
0: it is all at once I was was about (laughs) her I know she had to go for them all at once I think for me it was kind of the same thing like once you know one doesn't exist it's like okay so none of them do
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and she wasn't like am I still getting money for these teeth
0: (laughs) (laughs) surprisingly enough she didn't she didn't ask about that I have some logistical questions. <laughs> it's the end of an era. My of growing up. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. We'll see you right back here for our listener question.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: Dear mom and dad are fighting. My husband and his mother have been estranged for six years. This occurred before we had children. Due to a variety of reasons, a relationship was no longer a healthy or safe relationship to continue. My husband and I now have two young daughters. Over the years, my mother-in-law has occasionally sent a birthday card or gift for the girls most of the time, these cards or gifts are accompanied by an irate or belligerent email or text to my husband, refueling the divide and leading us to conclude that the outreach to our daughters is not genuine or heartfelt. Today, a man neither my husband nor I know pulled into our driveway and sat there watching. I work from home and my office faces the street, so I watched him from my window cautiously. After 10 to 15 minutes, this man got out of the car and put boxes of wrapped gifts on our doorstep and then left. Of course, very curious, I opened one box and found a card addressed to my daughters from my mother-in-law. A slew of emotions overcame me. I felt uneasy, violated even, that a stranger had hand-delivered these things for my young daughters. Even knowing the sender, my mother-in-law, didn't make me feel comforted. Why hadn't she sent these by mail like all the times before? Why was she sending a stranger to my house? Why was he sitting there watching? I'm trying to logically unpack these feelings. I don't mind that she sends my daughter things. I do mind that a person I don't know came to my home. I can't get over this sense that a boundary has been crossed. I don't know what boundary, though. My maternal instinct is tingling. I just feel off. Should I be concerned? Thanks, stranger danger. What do you think, Zach? Hmm. Santa did show up. (laughs) Santa!
1: (laughs) Santa, oh my God. Um, Yeah. It, I do feel like this is concerning. It, this is an odd, this is an odd story. and and because you said that years ago you realized that a relationship with her is no longer healthy or safe, um, you know, I don't know what that what that means because we don't know the particulars, but that safe piece in particular here, I, I think is noteworthy. and it's it's hard for us to appraise what's what's really happening here, but having a weirdo in front of your house uh, does seem odd. Uh so yeah, this is odd behavior. I think your your husband needs to communicate with his mother some boundaries here um and maybe even get like a conflict mediator involved. But I think he, it's totally legitimate that your maternal instinct is tingling and I think you deserve some answers here about what your mother-in-law's motivations are. That's where I'll start.
2: Yeah, I I think those maternal instincts parental instincts those personal tinglings you get are always good to follow right we have them for a reason um, because I think even if you're wrong that all of this is benign there's no harm in s- making sure boundaries are clear or and making sure your kids are safe so I don't think you should feel bad about any of this I do wonder is it possible that this was like a delivery person driving their own car or some kind of rental car? That they were lost at a house, like I packages like an unmarked
1: Amazon car, and the guy's just maybe just like having his lunch, yeah. Or like
2: sometimes the post office now even comes in, like they've subcontracted out to someone else, and they're you know he's he's doing some kind of work. I am not sure if that is a possibility. (laughs) Like maybe this is some kind of delivery service. The guy was super weird to park in your driveway, Uh, you know, and it's not as bad as you think it is. I would. Sit with your uncomfortableness on this whole thing. Think about where those boundaries are and make sure that the boundaries you have set, even if it's just an email to say um, or a letter or whatever you want to say like, hey, these are the boundaries that we need as a family so that you have set those in stone. And then you will know if they're stepped over, right? Like if she's not obeying those, that's a very different situation than She's not really sure what the boundaries are because sometimes you take the gifts, sometimes you don't. I'm not saying any of that is right, but I am saying if she doesn't know where that line is, it's hard to say, like, has she crossed a boundary? Has she not? Was this person related to her or someone that she hired to bring the gifts, right? Like, there's there's a lot of gray area here. It's weird, though. Don't I mean, I'm all on board for this whole thing being weird.
0: It is weird. Um, The only thing I can think of is perhaps a task rabbit. Ooh, yes. You know, Mm -hmm. um... Mm -hmm. That's a service where you can hire mm-hmm. someone to run errands from you. I mean, she could have hired this person to wrap the gifts and deliver them. Yeah. You know, and it would just be a regular person with no uniform, unmarked car. I do think they have background checks on them. So it's supposed to be, you know, somewhat safe. I think um, I've let a lot of task rabbits in my house. So I hope so. Yeah, same. But, um, <laughs> but so it is a common service. So it may not be as weird as it looks. Um but I think it is, you know, a violation of a boundary that you've already set that you you know, your husband is estranged from her. And so generally these gifts or cards from your daughter come with, you know, her nasty commentary and more evidence of why you should be estranged. So I think I agree with Elizabeth that, you know, your husband should reach out and talk again about boundaries. And perhaps the boundary is don't send things here.
2: Which is totally fine. I I think that's a totally totally fine fine. boundary. But I think you should be clear about it.
0: You should be clear about it. I think sending things to your daughter has been her way of staying present, you know, staying connected to her son. And for whatever reason, he has decided that that is something he's unable to do. And so I think it needs to be a cleaner break instead of leaving room open for her to feel like, you know, when a holiday comes up and this is not you know, it's not holiday season and you haven't mentioned it being your child's birthday. So that she can just kind of randomly insert herself into your lives in this way. So I think it's time to let her know that these gifts are not appreciated.
1: An Amazon driver just showed up to my door. <laughs> I swear to God.
0: Are they
2: uniformed? Let's see. They're they
1: uniformed. In they're in a oh. sanctioned truck. Yeah. Because um, that is the, the whole unmarked delivery car is a strange fact of life now. And I totally get why that would be alarming.
0: Especially the waiting, you know, because what a TaskRabbit or whomever could have done, this could have been a friend of hers, you know, this could be someone she knows, like, just got out the car, put the boxes on the doorstep, and then immediately left. So to wait 10 or 15 minutes, was it like, was he trying to make sure he didn't see you all? Like, if you were home... What yeah. was the point of him waiting? You know what I mean, like or,
2: yeah, I mean, or worst case, right? He's like in a partnership or something with her, and part of the thing was, can you look and see what's going on, right? I, that's I think what I that right. is that was like the, the first thing worst I was thinking. case yeah. scenario is like if they if they're out front, get out and give them to like I I think there are really bad. We're trying to say like, hey, it might not have been that bad, but like yeah, it also could true. have been that true. bad. <laughs> it could have.
1: Lots of variables here, um, and with with a checkered past with someone like it's it's understandable that you start you know making connections that may or may not be there so yeah you gotta you gotta do some planning and boundary planning for sure
2: but if you feel uncomfortable i i think go with your gut that this is uncomfortable there nothing bad happens because you're more cautious or you lay out this boundary right right
0: well, we appreciate your questions, Danger Danger. Uh, please keep us posted. And if any of our listeners have faced similar challenges, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, drop us a line at at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. And that is our show. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. That helps us grow our little community. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Zach Rosen, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening.